Welcome everybody to Podcast of the Week, episode number two, this the week of Pokemon. Pokemon Sun and Moon were released this week, and I'm very excited, but I've been working a lot this week, so I've been basically just trying to slip in Pokemon Sun and Moon playing in between work, which means I've only played about eight hours of it, which you would say, only eight hours of it, Gar, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, the, game is, the game is like 15, 25, 35 hours long, it's a Pokemon game, it's very long, I've been like 140 hours in the Pokemon Black 2, so I'm, I'm just dipping my toe in the waters of Pokemon Sun at the moment, I picked Sun because I'm not a sociopath. Who actually I was gonna say who likes nighttime, but I do like nighttime. I'm basically nocturnal most of the time. So I probably should have picked Moon. Anyway, that is not material to anything we're talking about this week. Pokemon Sun review will hopefully come next week. All things going to plan, as well as a Suicide Squad review. So next week's episode. There you go. That's that's forward marketing. See? Plugs at the start of the show like a professional podcast. This week, however, Barry is back for the Iron Man 3 review. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. In the spirit that is Christmas, why not review Christmas films? And you might say, Gary, you're talking about a Marvel film. Well, there is one Christmassy Marvel film, and joining me to talk about it, Barry's back. Oh, oh, oh. You know, I actually forgot until I was sitting down to watch the film again, I forgot that it was, in fact, somewhat Christmassy. It's super weird, because this film was released in May. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, this wasn't the Christmas film. This film was released in May 2013, and it's it's not a full-on Christmas film, but it's basically a full-on Christmas film. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, because I, I, this is another one that I didn't watch when it came out. I watched quite a while after it came out, and um, uh, and this is only my second time watching it. But yeah, that's, that's very odd. You know, I mean, we're, we're in the season now of debating what is and is not a Christmas film. That seems to be the, the popular thing to do every Christmas now online, but... Uh, yeah, so I, I define a Christmas film as something that takes place at Christmas, but also I think the defining theme of a Christmas film, and this is this is why Die Hard absolutely is one, is it's always it's always about family and the protagonist, typically a man, being estranged and down on his luck and everyone turning on him, but in the end, they're all like, Oh no, family is important and they all come together. Which I guess kinda happens in this. Yeah, you know. the, 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 I think I think this just about meets those criteria. In in the same way, Die Hard kind of is as well. You know, the 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 down on his luck protagonist, you know, gets the family together in the end. But uh, yeah, this that's kind of that's kind of the story really of all the Iron Man movies, as we'll kind of get to, I suppose, as we break this one down. Uh, you know, Tony Stark, bit of an arsehole, but in the end, it all comes together. There is a very important question: Is for you a nightmare before Christmas? A Christmas film or a Halloween film? I think I think it's a bit too the the musical aspect of it makes me feel Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's a Christmas film. It's definitely a Christmas yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, it's not really. I mean, you know, I don't know too many Halloween films that are as kind of fun and jolly and. I mean, obviously, there are aspects of it that are a little bit scary and a little bit dark, but uh, no, I I think I think it's just a scary. Christmassy film like Santa's sleigh, or wait, no, what's the one with Goldberg? Oh, what is the one with Goldberg? What is that thing called? I I think it might be Santa's sleigh, but I can't remember. Yeah, uh, Jingle All the Way has Big Show in it. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's another good thing. And that's a great... I tell you what, right? I that Some people don't like that film. I unironically think that is a tremendous Christmas film. It's so, it's so much fun. Those people it are is, wrong. It, that film is fantastic. It's peak wacky Arnold. And it's and you got Sinbad in there. Oh, oh. Anyway, we're, not, we're, we're here to talk about something <laughs> less fun. That is true. We're talking about 2013's Iron Man 3. Not directed by John Favreau this time. Directed by Shane Black. Who was known for writing Lethal Weapon. Speaking of irony, he wrote The Last Action Hero. And he directed yeah. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang with Robert Downey Jr. Not a bad resume, certainly. He's certainly more of an action-y guy than like a comedy or anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think he's kind of the most traditional kind of action film director this, this, this that I think the MCU has had so far. Yeah, and I think I think that kind of shows in this film. I mean, I, I really wasn't big on this film at all, but I, I think the action set pieces work. And, and stuff like that. I feel like, feel like most of my criticisms of the film really wouldn't be to do with his direction. I mean, kind of fatigue more than anything else, but yeah. Because like, I saw this film at the time, and when I saw it, I'm like, that's a really good film. I really like this film. And then I watched this film on Monday, and now I'm just, I don't like this film anymore. It's not a good film at all. I, I remember, so particularly during phase one and then early phase two, as, as people might have picked up on, as I, you know, from from all the reviews we've done so far, just the the MCU just wasn't grabbing me, so I, I wasn't seeing things as they came out. And I just remember when Iron Man three came out. Man, everyone loved to argue about whether or not this was any good at all. And people similar to two, you know, uh, people were just hotly debating this. And I I was like, well, I'm really glad I'm not watching this now. I'll come to it myself in my own time later. And then I watched it. Like I think a year or two after it came out and I was pretty negative on it uh, and I came back to it here and I was like yeah I, I think a lot of my problems I, I still have them with this uh, plus you know you and I were kind of we're kind of tearing through these films at a relatively decent pace and that just makes the fatigue feel like even more kind of uh, pronounced you know because I think this film has has okay ideas you know at, at, yeah. on its surface it seems to be like a film about PTSD Mm-hmm. where he's like having panic attacks and all that kind of stuff but then that's dropped halfway through the film and never really resolved in any way yep and like yep. The, the whole kid thing in the middle is kind of you know it's charming it's fun and then the kid just kind of disappears it's you know Christmassy and yeah. it's this yeah it's it's yeah the I, I think the ideas are good but I guess this is the first real film where we'll have to talk about something in the MCU that I think does become more of an issue the further into the MCU you go, especially with the Netflix shows, and that's just the the tonal dissonance, you know, between some of the films and some of the shows, and even between certain acts of just films self-contained, are are kind of jarring. And you know, you and I were just talking in the in the last episode about how you know Avengers, you know, maybe not this blowaway film, but it's a fun, jovial, beat up the generic alien monster thing. And have fun while you're doing it film. And I I just... I thought this the first time I saw it. And I thought it this second time. I just don't buy the, the, the PTSD facet of this film. Uh, and, and the kind of stony-faced reverence they give to the events of the Avengers. Just... It, they feel very um, inorganic to me, I guess, is maybe the, the, the words. Even though... I, I do respect the, the idea they were going for and, and, and the, the the change of pace. And as bizarre as it is to say, I just I feel like 
dare I say, even like DCU maybe could have pulled this off a little better for as flawed as all their, their stuff is. They are at least a dark and miserable downtrodden universe. You would understand why Superman would have post-traumatic stress disorder after murdering millions of people in Man of Steel. Yeah, or, or, or you know, I, I'm imagining in, in the Batman, whenever that comes out, that there will probably be a great deal. Oh, well, I guess Justice League's first. I guess, you know, Batman will be, like, forlorn and maybe blame himself for Superman. And, and it, it'll work in that film, in some capacity, if that film works at all, which I doubt it will. That's another podcast. Yeah, it's just, it's just I like the idea, but it just didn't wash for me and... and I like Robert Do- Robbie, Robert Downey Jr. an awful lot in these films, but I I didn't like his uh, his his uh, his anxious, depressed Tony Stark. I just I just didn't really I just didn't really like it. No, and by the way, that kid played by Ty Simpkins. Yeah, this film made one point two billion dollars, and Jurassic World made one point six billion dollars. So that kid, and he was in Jurassic World too. That kid can pick him. He sure can. He's a big box office star, you know. I've actually done a bit of research. He films, including he was Insidious as well. So, in, in films he starred in, have grossed more money than the whole careers of Will Smith, Orlando oh, Bloom, damn. Matt Damon, Nicolas Cage, Brad Pitt, and Dwayne Johnson. Jeez, this is he kid is, is he, a star? Is he the kid from Insidious? Like, there's a, the main kid. Yep. Damn. Now that's that's a draw right there. Take that, Dwayne Johnson. This kid is yeah, Dwayne Johnson. You you and your Scorpion Kings and your acting careers. You got nothing on Ty Simpkins. Nope, nope. That that, that middle bit of the film though is it. It does feel the most Christmassy. It's just like oh, look at Iron Man mocking this kid. Oh, isn't it fun? Family. Oh no, he's basically the father figure now. Yeah, yeah. It was like you know the centering around the whole anxiety PTSD thing. You know, Tony Stark had to hit rock bottom and then they, you know, have this kind of human redemption story, you know, and, and they use a child to leverage that. And, you know, good kid. As, as kid actors go, uh, not the worst, definitely. Um, and I don't know that the, that section of the film was bad per se. But as you mentioned earlier, it's not. It felt like it was just completely detached, unimportant thing. When the when the closing set piece of the film, when the third act is is kicking off. It's like you forgot you even saw that whole building the suit in the garage and potato gun scene. You forgot all about that. It's like you didn't even remember it. Yeah, this film is weirdly structured because, like, the, the three acts, you have, the, like, the PTSD act, the kid act, and then the, the big invader compound and then robots shoot each other act. And they they just don't feel connected in any way, do they? No, no. And and also, I feel like the third one, if if the first two are full of kind of some somewhat interesting ideas even if they don't all work they're still all there then the third one is where they do a bunch of reveals a bunch of twists and then you're like oh iron man's fighting an evil white guy in a suit who wants his power oh your twist is that it's the same film i've seen twice (laughs) oh no this is like the opposite of a good twist and it's weird because I was actually thinking about this earlier today. Kind of just, I watched the film last night and I was kind of digesting it today as I was preparing for this. And I was like, not to act like the idea of a generic uh, Middle Eastern terrorist is profoundly great and original and never before done, because obviously that's not true. But the MCU exists in this weird space where that actually would have been the more interesting and creative direction to go in. Maybe, maybe put a bit more real life into the MCU. But then they. But, they 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 bait and switched you, and it was actually this um 
this Marvel Cinematic Universe archetype antagonist and oh man I actually forgot about that I remembered I remembered there was a twist I remembered obviously the Mandarin was not the Mandarin per se it was not what it appeared to be but I forgot that, that just how just how by the numbers the the actual villain was and uh yeah I think I really feel like I kind of checked out when I was watching it last night I was just I kind of just once once that kind of kick-started and that kind of jogged my memory of, of of how the film ended I was like okay let's Let's just get through this because I've started watching it now, so I'm not going to knock it off. But uh, yeah, that was real. That was real disappointing. Guy Pierce's random white guy villain didn't capture your imagination. No, no. And it's funny because I know there's uh, plenty more to come in, in the in the in the ensuing films. But uh, yeah, I think I think if there's, I mean, if there is such a thing as 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 MCU fatigue, I think it's 100 percent personified by the mainline Iron Man films and, and coupled with the fact that he's a prominent role of the ensemble films it's just like yeah I'm yeah. I don't know what the plan is but I, I would I I have no problem with more Iron Man in in the future of the universe but in terms of solo films I am hoping that they're that they're done you see that's interesting like this film did make 1.2 billion dollars oh, of course yeah so like if you're a studio you should look and say the Iron Man films are bank Let's make more of them, mm-hmm. and they haven't. So I, th- I think they kind of recognize that you know Iron Man by himself kind of doesn't work. Let's put him mm-hmm. in other people's films where it kind of works a lot better, even though we're leaving probably billions of dollars on the table doing so. Yeah, I mean, for, for yeah, I mean, for, for as much as they are business minded, and there's an awful lot of churn on on the Disney Marvel side. I mean, we we've said many times it's churn, but it is quality focused on some level. Even even if they have their misfires, they're not they 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 do learn from their mistakes, and they they they're not just about churning out garbage and hoping. Oh well, you know the name will draw, um, uh, and, and and that's commendable. It really is. So I I, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think it's I think plus I mean, how many characters really need more than three films in a in a lifetime? You know, I mean, you look at how long, you know, in our lifetime, you and I, I mean, how many Batman films have there been? And think about, like, what's the ratio? Like, 50-50? Like, in terms of good versus bad? Hey, Batman, uh, and, Robin, Batman and Robin is a classic. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I? Some people say it doesn't. I do think it has camp so bad it's good value. So I'll give it that much. But it's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that... It's forever, uh, forever not the worst thing ever. But you know, Batman v Superman, I really didn't like, and I'm one of those people who didn't really like Rises. But so, so the point being that you know, these days it feels like every kind of um, every character they they give it to a director or they go with a trilogy, and then as soon as that's over, it's just immediate reboot. Like not even not give it five, ten years off. No, straight away. Let's you know, let's get the next Spider Man out there, next director, next you know uh, main actor. I, I kind of liked it somewhat quietly because he's still in films as a character. But I do appreciate that the Iron Man films, they have been run. Films are what they are, love them or hate them. And, and now as standalone films, they're just quietly kind of done. I think that's that's actually pretty cool. You know what I loved as a, a post-credits scene for this? Mm. If they revealed that Ben Kingsley's Mandarin was in fact actually the Mandarin all along. That would be pretty good. And it was actually, it was all a ploy that would have been like I went out of that film saying they oh, why didn't they do it? It would have been so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but uh, I mean, what we got was what we got. I I did enjoy his 
I mean, that's that's part of what was disappointing about the reveal was I did enjoy his vignettes, you know, in the film, his little propaganda films. They were yeah, he's he's a great actor, and it was they, they were very um uh they were they were very engrossing. He was his fake villain was more engaging than did the real villain. And I'll I'll say this much as you know, as bummed out as that twist made me, he 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 wasn't bad as comic relief, you know. He's a very good actor. He's a good actor, absolutely, and 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 he was amusing in uh, uh, in that capacity. I also find it weird that like John Favreau was in the other films, but he was basically in this film more than the other two, even though he didn't direct it. Yeah, well, you know, he's not about he's not in the business of, of putting himself over. You know, he he when he was in when he was at the helm, he didn't he didn't put himself front and center. I did appreciate his mullet, by the way. It was, um, it was impressive. <laughs> I, I although I did I did do a double take. I was like, wait a second. That would that would have been out of place even in 1999. <laughs> but uh, I did appreciate. I think Tony Stark's douchebag facial hair that they gave him for 1999. Thought that was pretty on point with a with a turn of the millennium uh, Playboy character. Basically, makes him. He doesn't even have to say a word. It's just like I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is the perfect facial hair. And that team did have uh, uh, blue by Eiffel 65 going on. So, um, which is, as the kids would say these days, a banger. A banger and a classic at that. Um, By the way, that yeah. scene, that scene that started the film had Sean Tobe, who was from Iron Man One, in a little cameo. Oh yes, he was. He was the guy from the cave. Yes, caveman. <laughs> yes, that was it. I was. I. I was when I was watching the film back. I was like, "Is that him?" And I was, I was too lazy to check it up, but I assumed it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a nice little, uh, nice little cameo. And we had our Stanley cameo, which was him fawning over women oh, at a beauty pageant. Yeah, he held up a, a little ten card. <laughs> yeah, it's alright. You know. I don't mind. I, like when he's just like there, I don't like them. But when you know, he's, there's a little bit of a gag behind him being there. It's like ah, I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a joke. Yeah, I don't like this film though. I like, I, it's it's a very good central performance surrounded by a pretty crappy film. Yeah, yeah, the you know. Uh, a, a bunch, a bunch of decent enough ideas not executed on well enough. Uh, some real, as we mentioned, disconnects between the acts. The film doesn't really flow in any meaningful way, and um, and yeah, as I said, I mean, then we're just we're deep in the in the in the in the jaded kind of boilerplate scripting of 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 some of these uh, Marvel films. So yeah, that's, it's unfortunate. Um, although you know, again, another small. Um, positive i think we've mentioned about some of these films you know not mandatory viewing to to understand ultron but i, I you know i do appreciate that the films tie in that way and uh, even even if it is just a brief mention at the beginning of ultron go oh hey uh, remember all those uh, suits i had that fly around on their own yeah okay uh, moving on i, I did um, like that the the end of this film like the big emotional punch is like i'm Destroying all my suits. I'm not really going to be Iron Man anymore. That didn't last very long. No, no, that was that was a Terry Funk retirement right there. Yeah. So up next will be Thor: Dark World, which you haven't seen. I have not seen. Yeah, uh, I, a lot of people said they didn't like it, but eh, you know, I like Thor. I like Chris Hemsworth, uh, and I I do like when the MCU goes sort of different genre wise. You know, fantasy with Thor, sci fi with Guardians. And I assume this will be more of of the fantasy stuff, so I'm I'll, I'll give it a go, and I'm uh, I'll sure uh, I'm sure I'll give it a shot. I feel like Phase Two is when they went kind of deeper into genre, like Winter Soldier is kind of a spy thriller, Ant Man's kind of mm-hmm. a heist film. So you know, it's not yeah. just kind of straight up 
action, comedy, you know, sci-fi. They kind of go deeper into subgenres. Absolutely, and and I, I like how when they're doing that, they're not just doing it with here's uh, here's Iron Man as a spy. It's like no, they're <laughs> they're they're breaking into these new genres with new characters. So, and Doctor Strange is a good example where it's they've juxtaposed here's the Marvel name that you know that you associate with quality. Here's a new character that you might not be familiar with, but it's also like a new genre. So you're getting something different. It's not just you know. They, I, I do think that they've, they've managed to, for as much as they are samey, they've thrown enough wild cards at you the deeper they dig into the character library that, uh, that they've kept it interesting. Uh, yeah, so, so hopefully, for some, I'm hoping for some fantasy fun here with, uh, with Thor, and also some of the comedy that I, um, uh, that I enjoyed about the first one. So, before we go, plugs? Uh, the usual plugs. Uh, Twitter.com slash TheBarryLad where you can go for, for my various musings on life. Uh, and I'll also be posting links to my various uh, adventures on YouTube. Uh, Barry Murphy 236 I believe, is the, is the username on there. Uh, if you like superheroes, a new episode of Telltale's Batman is this week, which I'm hoping to stream at some point. Um, Hopefully that won't be a broken a, mess. A, well, we're three episodes in, and it has been every step of the way. So maybe, well, let's just hope it's a fun broken mess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so conflicted about that because it's like it's not bad if it if it if it worked and Telltale's stupid engine was not the broken mess that it is I'd be like this is a good Batman story this is a Batman story I haven't heard ten million times before this is a nice spin on X Y Z but uh, yeah it is what it is so so follow me on Twitter for for links to all that stuff and and I'm also trying to power through Doom at the moment which I know you played as well I finished it the last week Great yeah game. what cracking game really enjoying that. So yeah, uh, various adventures there on YouTube and, and Twitter is where you can go to catch all the updates on that. That is the show for this week. Once again, hopefully Pokemon Sun and Moon review, or well, Sun in particular, next week, and uh, the Suicide Squad review. So, thumbs up for that. Thank you once again to Barry for coming on the show. We will be back with Thor Dark World in the not-too-distant future. And thank you for listening. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK or on YouTube. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network. Follow me on Twitter at GarrettKidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.